The April 20th Mindful Parenting Retreat Day is filling up fast. Join me and other parents in Wilmington, Delaware for a day of rest and relaxation, mindfulness and mindful communication practices, and a live podcast too. And my special guest for the live podcast is, drumroll please, Lynetta Willis. You know her from episode 366 and 400. She is a psychologist and sought-after speaker who teaches her Triggered to Transformed program to struggling parents. Join us and bring a friend to this powerful day-long retreat in Wilmington, Delaware on April 20th, 2024. But hurry, space is limited. Go to mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat to get your spot now. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat. It doesn't equate to like always happy moments. It just means you're feeling more of whatever moment you're in, right? And presence, you know, with yourself and with your kids or with your husband is is the gift that you get. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 318. Today, we're talking about how to rewrite the mother code with Dr. Gertrude Lyons. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of Mindful Parenting, and I'm the author of the best-selling book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confidence. Hi, and welcome back. I hope you are doing well, my friend. I'm glad to connect with you. Uh, This is going to be an awesome episode that you are diving into. If you're a familiar listener or a new listener, in just a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with Dr. Gertrude Lyons, who is a master life coach and relationship expert with over 20 years of experience. And through her rewriting the Mother Code initiative, she challenges these traditional notions of motherhood and womanhood. And she's challenging the myths surrounding womanhood, mothering, and the very notion of what it means to be a mother. She's also the lead faculty member, senior life coach, and director of family programs for the Right Foundation for the Realization of Human Potential. This is a powerful conversation. We're going to talk about motherhood itself. We're going to challenge some ideas. And this is definitely a conversation that you are going to want to share with anyone you know who is a mother today, because we are coming, you know, we're still, we've still got like a hangover from some of the old ideas of motherhood. And we can be part of the change to shift it as Dr. Lyons is. And you can be part of it by just sharing this amazing conversation around. I cannot wait for you to dive into it. Let's talk to Dr. Gertrude Lyons about rewriting the mother code. I'm excited to talk about your work because you're talking about motherhood and some of the challenges of the traditional notions of motherhood. And I've got some issues (laughs) with the traditional notions of motherhood. And I really am bothered by 
the self-sacrificing mom thing. Like it just drives me bananas. I think it must, like my own theory is that it must stem from when women were basically property. And so the, our value was in how we would care for young, young people or the household or whatever. And so it didn't matter if we sacrificed ourselves because we didn't have that intrinsic value. But it drives me crazy because when we self-sacrifice, it doesn't help anyone. It no. doesn't help our kids. It doesn't no. help. And and yet it's like hanging. It's still there, right? It's still there. We kind of want to think it's not there, but it's still there. Okay. So that's my big beef with it. So <laughs> tell me about what are some of the things that you see as like the difficulties of the traditional ideas of motherhood that we still carry? Well, thank you, Hunter, because you you know, in, in your like big beef, you know, intro there, cause which I'm a hundred percent, you know, aligned with as a, as a big beef. Um, you know, you mentioned like maybe, you know, cultures and, you know, how is it still hanging on when we know better, right? Like mm -hmm. that we can even, I mean, there were times you couldn't even like, you, you may have thought about it, but it, it wasn't even out there that this is a possibility that it didn't have to be self-sacrificing. And it's a, it's a big aspect. And I'm looking at rewriting the mother code is what are, what is the cultural paradigm that we're sitting in and what is its history? Right. And we have, you know, at least a 6,000 year history that if we want to track back to just women in general, and, and as you said, not, um, not honored, you know, demeaned, we're property, you know, all the variations of, of how we weren't valued and women weren't valued, the feminine weren't valued. So that's a lot of years of wiring into mm -hmm. us that just because now we're aware of it, isn't just going to unravel for us immediately. So I like having this perspective of, thank God we're finally addressing it and we have a space to address it. And we're going to have to have some compassion for what it's going to take. But things like your podcast and what you're doing and, and it actually being spoken about and um, looking at this really isn't working and showing evidence of how it's not working is what's going to change it. But, you know, it's, it's, it's in there and it's wired not, cult not only culturally, but within our families, which are part of a culture, right? So between mm -hmm. those two wirings, it's just not an easy thing to step up, just, just because we know better to immediately step out of. So, yeah, I, I can see that. And so we're probably a lot of like, probably what, even though we might know better, we probably have these, what I call habit energies, these patterns mm -hmm. and habits, uh, probably very directly also from our own mothers. You know, it's interesting. I think back to my parents and now I think like, and mom always listens to these episodes. So hi, mom. But I think about, <laughs> we talk about you just a little bit here. <laughs> um, I think sometimes I think like, wow, it's so crazy that they raised this like feminist daughter because, you know, my, I, for some reason I was very invested in women's, you know, equality and equal, equal, mm -hmm. you know, equal, you know, rights and, and, and value and all of that. Yeah. At the same time, like my mom did all the like cooking and all the cleaning and all of these things. And that was just part of like kind of the fabric of normalcy in mm -hmm. my house. But, and for, for many others, what are, what are some of the, I mean, I guess, what would you see are some of the direct 
patterns that are maybe problematical that we grew up with in our, with our own mothers. Yeah. And, you know, even with you saying my mom, you know, what I'm going to call a traditional, you know, kind of formally traditional path of, of motherhood, right. Where maybe you're full-time stay at home, but you're, you know, you're, or even if you're not, you're dedicating, you know, significant amount of time to the home and, and raising children that, that doesn't necessarily have to be problematic, but we're, and then when you're a kid sitting in that paradigm, a couple of things may happen. One, um, you see your mom doing great at that. Right. And I've had women, you know, that I coach, it's like, oh my God, my mom did just such an amazing job in that, in that traditional role. I could never do it as well. So I'm just not going to, or I, I can't possibly, or or, you know, they were in that traditional role and there was, um, resentment, you know, maybe not a directly expressed, but some mm-hmm. martyrdom, some resentment, some awareness that kind of seeps through of like, well, you know, you realize I gave all my career dreams up for, for you, kids, husband, you know, family, and try as we might not to let that resentment or reactivity seep in, it does. And we pick up on that. So there's, there's the seen and unseen of, of any environment we grew up in. And we're either going to react to that environment and say, I, I, I didn't like that, or I can't do it. So I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to do something totally different. Or, you know, we, we don't really kind of think about it at all. And we just kind of fall into the same, you know, the same pattern. Like I'm, well, that's what my mom did. So that's what I'm going to do and not really think about it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you know, I know I didn't necessarily say anything like really specifically problematic, but if I, if I out of that, you know, would summarize to say the mom's attitude about however she's doing her thing is going to have a significant impact. And some of those are problematic have, you know, are human, right. Where as best, sometimes we think we're making really conscious choices, but then once we're in it, Oh, not so happy about this, but here we are sort of thing. So, you know, we're, we live in that sea of, of what could be resentment, reactivity, um, and that could show its, its face in any number of ways. So is this what you call the mother code? Tell me what the mother code is. And and this is, these are some of the things that make us unhappy, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's definitely a piece of it. So, you know, when I coming up with rewrite the mother code came after, you know, I had finished my doctorate and which was on, um, what I wanted to do is really raise women's awareness of the transformational opportunity that's available and possible in mother when we mother. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, but that is a very foreign concept because of the fact that like, well, what do you mean? Like I'm putting my kids first, my husband first, uh, or partner, you know, I'm way down the list, let alone think of it as something that I could use as a vehicle for transformation. So yes, yes, I'm with you there. Like I definitely can be a vehicle for trans. You you give life, you know, you you have this opportunity to begin anew in all these moments. Absolutely. I can, I'm, I'm so with you there. Yeah. And, you know, and in the, the kind of the chaos, particularly of new motherhood, um, but throughout our child rearing, you know, the, the upset, the chaos, the disequilibrium is the ripest time for transformation. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and our kids are this beautiful uh, reflection vehicle mirror for all of our, you know, I'm going to use a little jargon phrase here, unfinished business, you know, so whatever it is we grew up in. So rewriting the mother code is how, how can I transform in my mothering and really make my mothering journey my own, right? And we really can't do that until we've brought to consciousness what we were just talking about, the cultural paradigms, anything that's in the way or disempowers us as women, mothers, you know, on that journey. So where does the culture, you know, tell us that we can't have, you know, that we have to self-sacrifice or, and have to do it perfectly. Like if we look at another, like really big myth that disempowers women is there's some right way to do all this, you know, there, and, and we're supposed to find it. And there's a zillion books that are going to tell us how to do it. And I always say, actually, I shouldn't say, I always say, I, I heard somebody else say this. And now I always say it, which is if there was a perfect way to mother, or even parents, there'd be one book, right? There'd be one book. There <laughs> yes. wouldn't be a, the the however many thousands of books there are telling you how to do it. So how do we get present enough with ourselves, aware of our, you know, so much of what you work on, right? Our mindfulness, our own self-awareness. But to do that, you know, we do have to uncover cultural myths and then our wiring from our childhoods, you know, and bring all that up to consciousness and only from there can I make a discerned conscious decision about all the choices that are in front of us when we mother. And, and some of that's even whether we want to mother children, right? A big, mm. another part of rewrite the mother code was that choice, right? That's also so wired into our culture and into our, our families that, well, if you get married, of course, you're going to have kids or, you know, whenever we say, I know I've always wanted to have kids or. I know I don't want to have kids. I always invite, you know, women to, to explore, well, how did you get to that? Right? Like what, you know, the follow the bread comes back, right? Like whether it's culturally or for our families and there's just beautiful treasures, right? There's so many things to discover about ourselves. And that is the journey, right? That's the transformational journey is, is that uncovering and then the continuous awareness as we get triggered by our kids or our spouse, you know, in the, in the day-to-day, we can heal, you know, and heal old wounds and identify things in the moment um, to whether we work on it right there in that moment or, you know, kind of tag it. It's like, I'm going to go work on this with my coach or my therapist, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like, I love this idea that, you know, this is like this, this whole time of of chaos and upset is the ripest time for transformation. I think that's a really wonderful way of looking at it because we see the chaos and we're just so instinctively, uh, you know, averse to it. You know, we're averse to um, uncertainty of, you know, our brains are these predicting machines. They want yeah. to like, predict what's going to happen. And we may, we don't know what's going to happen. We have this great responsibility, but I love this idea of like, we could take this time and make it, it's a time, look at it as a time of transformation and look at it as a time of choice of how can I make this, my mothering journey, my own, like, what do I want to do? And so what you're asking and, or, or inviting people to do here requires a lot of consciousness. It also requires a lot of consciousness of our own value, right? Like, for sure. Um, so key. But my worry is that a lot of people, a lot of us parents, you know, mothers particularly 
see our value only through the lens of our children, right? Like we're only valuable through them still. And so when you, I'm wondering about like, what do you do when you encounter somebody who's, who is, is not seeing that, that, that first step of like, what I do really matters and is valuable, right? Do you, Mm -hmm. do you invite that person to maybe see their value through what they may offer their children if they are more <laughs> conscious and aware and they have their own value or or what what do you say to that well there's a number of things hunter um you know to sometimes as you're you know what you're saying is especially when this is a new concept or not you know immediately like oh yeah i get it you know kind of thing like wait my value is in, you know, my kids and, and that job, so to speak, that I kind of try and go at it a number of, of ways, but, you know, we always want to trick our brain, so to speak. You don't, the concept that we just talked about is big and kind of a, you know, a, a bit of a mind exploding one <laughs> as it is. Right. Yes. <laughs> so then the thought of like, well, how am I going to do that? Or like, what, what do you mean? Um, is, you know, I try and like, look at it like, well, transforming yourself and looking at this is the best thing for your children. Like if you, re- you know, so you got to still keep the kid and that value in there. You can't, you know, suddenly like say you're going to push well, them sell aside. Me that. And- Gertrude, sell me that. <laughs> if I'm the parent who is like, it's all about my kids. I don't, I'm not that important. It's all about my kids. Sell me why it is important for me to maybe make this a more a time where I'm I'm valuing myself. I'm I'm becoming more conscious. I'm becoming yeah. more intentional. All of those things because that takes time. That takes investment of time and energy and resources to to kind of do that kind of stuff. So so sell it to me. <laughs> All right. Well, here's here's a couple. We'll see. If, we'll see if I can make some sales. Um, <laughs> So the first one would be, so Hunter, you care about your children, right? Mm -hmm. And you want them to, I'm assuming, you know, we're having this conversation. You want the best for them. You want them to grow into, you know, human beings that value themselves and really, you know, care about themselves and, and have high self-worth, you know, self-esteem, self-efficacy, any of those self, you know, things. Is there anything we want more, right? Yes. Well, who do you think your their best model and teacher is for that? Mm-hmm. You know, some healthy skepticism in my life has served me well. And if you're like that, if you can spot a too good to be true health hack from about a mile away, you read labels like it's your job. Congratulations, you're a skeptic. And Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. I take Ritual's Essentials for Women 18 Plus every single day, morning and at lunch, and I am feeling great. I love this vitamin. Ritual's Essentials for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. Plus, Ritual Vitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project-verified, gluten and major allergen-free, certified B Corp, and made traceable. They select lower-carbon packaging. 
They prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients and set ambitious climate goals. Plus, Ritual is a female-founded B Corp, which means they are responsible to the health of people and our planet. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash mindful. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mindful for 25% off. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. And, and it's this funny thing, like that, that may make, well, okay, so did I make part, a partial sale yeah, there? Yeah, Have I got yeah, you, you interested? Did. You got me okay. in the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the door with that one. Right. Um, because, you know, who are they with the most? You know, and, and I think this is something we don't, conveniently overlook um, because, you know, all of a sudden that's a different pressure, right? Like, oh my gosh, they're watching my every move and I have to be perfect. And, you know, that's not it too. So then, you know, the next thing I say is you don't have to suddenly like become the most self-aware self-esteem, like in some, you know, moment, but the fact and any, any moments that you do invest your time or, you know, put yourself in those arenas will be felt it will have an impact. Just the, just the trying, you know, just the, you know, any amount of effort, um, because it is showing that you matter. Oh, you know, and, and, and the really interesting thing is too, because parents will say like, Oh, but my kids get so upset if I like take time away or, you know, I'm already Mm -hmm. working or I feel guilty. It's yeah. Like they're, they're attention getting machines. Like they will always fight for the most time for you, but you know, this may be a bit of a harder sell to get, to, to get, but I, I'll still put it out there that, you know, you having those boundaries and separation also helps, you know, build really important aspects of, you know, their, you know, this would be more in the like self-efficacy, the, the, you know, the, like, it's not always easy. I can do things on my own. You're helping them build, mm-hmm. you know, systems within themselves that they know they, love being with mom and they can take care of themselves and, you know, building some of that independence in, which is so important also. So, you know, that. I can see this is hard because like we have, we, a lot of us learn about like attachment parenting, right. Mm -hmm. And, and we want our kids to be securely attached. Like it matters so much and it, it makes all these big things. So we think, you know, we get, we get sold this idea that it has to be you, like it has to be you that they are 
with like sometimes 24 hours a day. Like, so if you're, if you're not getting sleep, well, too bad, this is like for your child's future. Mm -hmm. If you're, you know what I mean? Like if you are, if you haven't seen your friends in a while, it's okay. You're building this, you know, and, and so I think that that can be a place where people feel this sort of push and pull, like, Um. yes, I'm modeling and in every second, but this idea of, of that, it feels that we learn we have to shift from this idea of this thing from infanthood where, yeah, like babies need to be like next to a loving caretaker at all times. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same person all nope. the time. they do need that but things also change as they grow and they and they they actually need you know you need time away from them they need they need time with other people do you do you Mm -hmm. agree I mean is this something that we have to kind of navigate this 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 these waters between um being there being present being available and and hold it and having some space for ourselves yeah you made me think of something, Hunter, um, in that regard, which I, I think is easily to fall prey to something like attachment theory, which, you know, in its purity is, is beautiful, right? The whole concept is creating a secure base, right? And, but I think sometimes out of our own needs, you know, um, we'll kind of shift that into thinking like, I'm the one, you know, that Mm. is, I'm, somehow have been appointed the one that has to be there to create that secure base or that your physical presence is the only thing I, you know, from, I, uh, from my awareness of it and, you know, study of attachment theory like that, I don't think was the, you know, where we were headed, but it's this push pull as, as a woman, um, you know, we do care and we want to provide that caring, but we have to provide that caring to ourselves. So going back to, sorry, my mind's going like five different ways with what you said, because you said so much. Um, I'm going back to the, uh, um, you know, it, it, it has to be me and, and how important that is that there's something that actually is self-serving in that around getting our own needs met. You know, that was something. It's know, like a I significance thing, maybe like yeah, it's like well, our ego grasping for significance, ego, I mean, right? We want to be needed. You know, yeah. it's a very insecure time. And like you said, I think earlier too, like, you know, you're going into the unknown, you know, we've, it's, it's new territory and we're trying to, you know, give it structures and that, that are like, uh, there's an author, Alison Gopnik, who wrote, um, the gardener and the carpenter. Do you know that? Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. It. Heard about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. You'll love it. Um, which is this job of mothering or parenting has only been kind of identified as a job since the fifties. Right. And it really did us a big disservice when we turned it into a job, because that's where we did turn it into something like school or a job where you're, you know, the product is your child and Mm -hmm. it's a reflection of you. And, you know, that whole paradigm has really, has really messed us up in a lot of ways versus a garden, so you're not sculpting this perfect child, you know, you're, you're planting a garden that you have an idea of what you think it could be or should be, but its own forces take shape and you're there to provide, you know, it's basic nutrients, right. And provide, you know, what it needs to grow and develop into itself, but you're not there all the time, you know, there, and there's other people can tend the garden. And I think it's important to have that. Mm-hmm. But if I go back and look at my parenting, like I'm very aware that my mom had children to get her needs met, 
right? She didn't, it, you know, it, the relationship with my father from the start was never like great or close. So when that isn't really strong and you're not getting, you know, your, your intimacy needs met in other ways, it's super easy to turn to our children. So then of course, something like attachment parenting, well, that's just a handy tool to say, to give me the, you know, the reason why I, I, they need me. I have to be here. I'm so mm. important. Um, so I just said like, put a lot of different facets yeah. into that. I hope it made sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can see that. I mean, so it's interesting to get, like, I think kind of what you're pointing to is like, you're, you're trying to say like, I mean, and, and this is something I've, I've thought about, like, it's almost like, I think sometimes it's when we make our kids our everything and we make ourselves our the everything for our kids, you know, mm-hmm. then in some ways, like if, if, if it's all, all about them, it's almost like also too much pressure on those kids too. Like yes. it's not fair to the kids to be like, you're everything. Like you shouldn't be getting all your needs met all of your needs met through your kids, because that's kind of not fair to them. That's like too much pressure mm-hmm. on them. Right. I mean, oh, like, I so agree. I couldn't agree more with that. It's, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of things I think ensue from that, you know, from the child, they feel it, right. They feel, yeah. and I was someone, you know, that pressure to meet my mom's needs. I, I complied, you know, I was kind of the, you know, became enmeshed and dependent and, and went that route, you know, others may, you know, totally rebel and repel against it, you know, and then the mom's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm giving all myself. Why aren't you mm-hmm. receiving? Mm-hmm. Because we feel that, you know, I, the child gets lost in that picture. I know I did, right? Like who I was didn't matter what I cared about or what I valued or, you know, hearing from me and aspects that didn't align with what she wanted. You know, I, I just shut down, you know, I, I put aside because, I only put out what I thought she wanted and what she needed and what would make her happy. And, you know, that was, I know personally a huge disservice to me and I've done a lot of work over the years, you know, to develop those, those parts. And that's fine. I don't, you know, yeah. I mean, I did go through a phase of blaming her. I'm not going to lie, but once I got through that, you know, it was, it was what I need, you know, it's perfect. You know, that's my adult development. That's what, you know, and my kids, served as a vehicle to help, you know, me continue to work through that as I mothered them. So I'd love to hear more about like your own story, right? Like you had this, maybe this, this relationship with your mom, and then you had your own kids and, and were you able to take that time and use that, that upset, that crazy, that ripe time to be able to develop and yourself as a, as a person and what, and I'm also curious about like, what does that development look like? What are we aiming for? That's another big question. So that's part two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that also. Yeah. So, um, my story Hunter, um, is, is, so to answer that question, you know, did you do this is yes and no. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I would say a big driving factor for me to dive back into it and study it and, um, you know, do a whole doctorate on it was, was more so for the fact of where I didn't do it, where I knew about it. I actually coached others in it. I was in forums and formats that, you know, were kind of available to me, you know, I was in the midst of, and I still struggled to 
do this thing I'm going to, you know, that I'm talking about doing. Um, and I'll talk about like kind of where that went, but early on. So if now, if I kind of go back to, you know, um, a couple of key pieces of my story, which were, you know, when my husband and I got engaged is really when we started our couple and personal growth journey ourselves. So that's when I kind of awakened to, you know, the reality of the relationship with my mom, my dad, and, you know, started my whole, you know, my own path. So did my husband, we decided to, you know, work on ourselves and, um, we, we put off having children consciously for about five, six years, you know, while we, you know, did some of this exploration and we got married young. Like, so, you know, we, I'm grateful we had kind of the luxury of to not like feel mm -hmm. pressured, you know, um, like that clock ticking. So I didn't have to really address that. And so in that, like I was building muscles of self-awareness and, you know, but at the same time, when it did come time and we decided we wanted to start having kids, you know, I realized just even from that, like how much gets stirred up, you know, in all those choices in the fact that once, okay, sure. I, we decided we want to start having kids now and all of the physical things that didn't happen, immediately for me and, you know, like not getting a period after I went off birth control and then not getting pregnant immediately. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing kind of a quick summary of those, but I, I go into them more when I'm, you know, in, in some of my talks and stuff, because, you know, in those arenas, I, I took every one of those on from this holistic, um, what can I learn about myself, you know, through this, not the, you know, what I would, what I, if, if I didn't know any better, I would have probably just gone down a typical Western route of, you know, whoa, you're not getting your period here. Here's a drug that will help you get your period. And then if that doesn't work, then here's the fertility doctor. But I am super grateful that I'm like, well, I don't think I need that yet. Uh, mm -hmm. So let's explore this, you know, both internally. Um, and I'd say that was probably my first in my mothering journey where I really explored like, wait, here's this thing I'm saying I want to do. Why isn't it happening? And, and through, you know, um, other holistic, you know, kind of medical and those kind of things, but probably, you know, is maybe the linchpin or, you know, what I hold as, as a key piece of it was, you know, in my own coaching and I was doing body work and breath work at the time and had a huge aha at, in one of those sessions where, I, I, you know, those flashes, right. Those, like those, not every session you might have like a big moment like this, but mine was, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm blocking, you know, myself, like, cause I'm, I really got in touch with the fear mm -hmm. of becoming a mother. And that mm -hmm. fear, uh, was, I was afraid that I would mother how I had been mothered. Yeah. And you know, and all the things I didn't like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not gonna, I'm sitting here, right? Like I, it, it wasn't hellacious, but the aspects of in my upbringing that I was only just beginning to be aware of, um, had that much power over, you know, my, my physiology, my physicality, and it just really, and once that was opened up, like, everything shifted, you know, things shifted physically thing, you know, and it, that oh, space wow. opened up and it really was so profoundly showed me how it's all tied together. Right. There'll, yeah. there's never just like one here, do this. And, 
you know, you'll be able to have children or, you know, whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I probably had like five different ways I was going about it and all of them together, I would say. So that, I'm using that as an example, you know, and we, as kind of, we went along and early, you know, having pregnancy and all that, I was doing pretty well with whenever there was an issue or a block or, you know, something like that, like looking within and healing and discovering. And that went along pretty well. And I kind of led the way and continued to mix things up with my husband until we had our second daughter. And I'd say that's when things really started to shift. And I'm still working on that one, but I, I think there's something ha- that that does go on with us, you know, and still unconsciously, consciously in our wiring of security, you know, and mm. all of a sudden now, you know, we have this home, we have, I have these two kids. Um, I don't know if I want to rock the boat so much, like things are fine, you know, and yeah. I don't know what I'm going to keep uncovering. And I, I really, quite honestly, like got afraid. And I, I let that fear stop me for a number of years. Now we still, you know, explored and, and, you know, took part in things. And I did, we, I would say we parented consciously, but mm-hmm. I kind of turned off and turned way down the volume of my own work. Mm-hmm. So now fast so forward. What and then is, that's I'm when just, I realized, yep. I want to interject here because I want to know, sure. like you talked about building those muscles of self-awareness. And then you talked about kind of like turning the volume down on that work. And so what did, what were some of the, what did that look like for you? What was that, some of that work that it looked like for you? Did it, was it, you were going to a therapist, you were doing sure. whatever, you know, what, it, what were some of the concrete aspects of what that building what those that, muscles of self-awareness looked like? Yeah. So the building, you know, took place for me through, um, uh, I was, I was, you know, my husband and I have always like done couples coaching. So we were, we were, you know, we consistently like see a couples coach. I was, I've always been in my own coach starting with therapy, but then, you know, really mainly uh, coaching Mm -hmm. and then, you know, growth programs. So I, the, the, the organization that I umbrella that I work under is called the right foundation for the realization of human potential. And we have, a lot of like human emergence type, um, things, but we also, and we have a family and parenting program and we have these parent child weekends, which I started, um, when I joined the organization, you know, I'm director of, right. So every one of those, um, I, we, I was using really well, uh, prior to having kids. Right. And that's what was shifting things, healing, raising awareness, you know, through all those mediums. Um, and in all those having assignments to keep, you know, Mm. in all of the, before I get to the assignments in each of those, creating a vision for my relationship, Mm. for myself, for us as a family. So we'd have a vision that we were working on and then we'd have, you know, goals within that. And then we'd have assignments and, you know, kind of through the coaching and these, um, and these courses and this coursework, it kind of kept you in line with all those things. Well, I man, you know, so when I was intentional, those were really working, you know, and I was, I was digging in and we were, you know, going into pretty continuously going into unknown territory, but it's amazing that I could still, I didn't drop any of them. I was still in them all, but I managed to kind of make it all about my kids, hmm. you know? So now whether I was in a coaching session, a personal session, and then on these parent child weekends, it was like, just what we talked about that we shouldn't do. Right. I started doing like, 
well, what's best for them. Mm. And even <laughs> under the guise of my own coaching, like it's a little bit crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, cause I remember once I started to kind of get back into my own, like just how foreign it suddenly felt to talk about myself again mm. and to really focus on me and then be in some of these arenas, like these parent child weekends and, and, you know, put my toe in the water and talk about some of the things that were going on with me, but I knew there was a lot more, you know, stirred mm -hmm. underneath and I just kept it inside. So even when we're using coaching that we still have choice of how deep we're going to go, how, you know, much we're going to mm -hmm. bring ourselves into it and expect, you know, from the coaching or that, that we're utilizing. Well, Hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that you know, that the idea of like subsuming yourself as a mother, it's so strong, you know, it's so strong in our culture. It's interesting that that happened even for you as you were kind of in that, in, in, in that milieu of like working for the organization, <laughs> doing these things, doing all of these things. So, um, and I hope it doesn't paint a hopeless picture, but what I, I do hope you know, it's one of the reasons I decided to do it, right? Like if this was hard for me, you mm. know, I, it, I I want women to understand, you know, that this is new, not so easy territory, but for myself and other women that I've coached or been around that have, you know, stayed in it, the benefits are beautiful and wonderful. And it doesn't equate to like always happy moments. It just means you're feeling more of whatever moment you're in. Right. And presence, you know, with yourself and with your kids or with your husband is, is the gift that you get, you know, and, and I had a lot of regret and remorse when I reached that point and could look back and say like, Oh, wow, I really, I went off track and I missed an opportunity. And that was a big propeller for me to decide to do this. Like, Oh, I want to do as much as I can 
to open that door for other women, you know, and, and us as moms to step into and, but know that it's, it's hard, you know, it takes, it takes some, some significant support intention, you know, and consciousness, as you said. Yeah. It's like, you're, it's like you're swimming upstream a little, right? Because the current, uh, the current, I meant, I mean, I meant like current times, but it was so, it's so appropriate, like the current or the metaphor, but yeah, that, that whole, it, this idea that we should just be in this role, we're just being this constricted place it is really disempowering. And when we're, when we're empowering ourselves, we're, you know, there's so much more we can show our kids so much more we can mm-hmm. yeah all of that stuff oh my goodness well, and I'll go back <laughs> there's like to, a lot well, there I know and I'll go back to like I'm I mean I took it you know I know I took it degrees farther than like my mom and my parents and so then we have to kind of come back to the, like the compassion and grace for ourselves like anything that we're doing that's putting some consciousness toward is great like I still also honor my journey and know I gave my kids you know, a certain model that I didn't have that I hope they can build on. Right. And I know, and like, when you're talking about like healing generations and that, that I'm, you know, it was my husband and our hope that, you know, we would, you know, create an environment that they could see more than we could and, you know, hope that they can take it even farther. And we have to have that compassion and grace for ourselves. Otherwise, you know, we don't want what I'm addressing and this opportunity to feel like, oh, another thing I just didn't do well, you know, <laughs> as a mom, as opposed to like, wow, any moments of that? Cool. Like that'll add to my experience. You're really kind of like talking about, I think, like shifting the lens, right? Of like when we shift ourselves, like we are the the lens, like through which we see everything, you know, like we think, I think about that with the mind, right? The mind is like, every single sense organ goes through our, our mind and our consciousness and, and we are interpreters. Right. And we, when we can start to train our, our minds, understand ourselves, build that self-awareness muscle, we're, we're less like in the stream of the reactivity, the, the con, con, you know, constricting parts of our culture. We're, we're less like, we're less believing these things that may be limiting us. And we're, we're, we're able to then kind of what you're describing to me reminds me of being able to sort of step back and look at it and say, okay, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. It's about con- being able to make conscious choices rather than being swept along by just the culture at large. You got it. Yep. So what Great are some, <laughs> what are some of the things, what are, what's like the advice for, for women who want to do this? Like, how do we start yeah. to see a, like where we're constricted by kind of our preconceived ideas of motherhood? Mm-hmm. And then how do we, how can we, uh, how do we start that work of, of stepping into that place of conscious perspective and choice? Sure. Yeah. And, you know, so even in kind of my intro talks where, you know, women maybe are just hearing this for the first time, like, you know, a first step I invite, you know, women to is, you know, do an initial inventory, you know, um, what did I, what did I like about how I was mothered? What didn't I like, Mm -hmm. you know, just to start raising that awareness, you know, what do I see in the culture of mothering that, you know, I agree with or like, and what, 
what don't I? And just just that first step of like looking at that, I can say like, oh, I get I have choice here. You know, I I, mm. I want women immediately like, you know, to reflect for themselves, you know, and so, you know, I, I call it like, what is in, you know, what is your mother code? You know, what, are, what are you aware of in this moment that, you know, are the, the push and pulls, you know, and what do I like, what I don't like, cause it kind of floats around in there. And, but the more we can, you know, look at it, then we can make initial choices. And then I, you know, a first step is then writing um, out of that, like, oh, here's what I like, what I don't like. Now, what's a vision for myself out of that? You know, mm-hmm. what do I then, see? what's a possibility that I see for myself as a mother? What's my vision for myself? And I, when I say mother, that could be in any, we're on the continuum of what we mother. Um, and that's a beautiful place to start, right? And then from there, then, you know, then then it kind of becomes a little bit more individualized. But if you get that far, you know, that's it. That's a huge, beautiful start because then when we're there, then we can see like, Oh, okay. So then what's some of the work I need to do? You know, we can identify, mm. you know, things like you may have identified aspects that I didn't like about my mothering. And that may be, you know, going back and and doing some work to heal wounds that we had from our parenting, you know, our mm. mothering, uh, or, you know, it might mean, you know, look, looking at, the culture and doing some studying about it, you know, so I personally then identify, you know, for women in that, like what, you know, what would be some good next steps for you? And, you know, you got to just break it down. You know, we it's something I love about how we operate at the right foundation is assignment way of living. You know, you have to put things into action, right? So it might be maybe feelings were muted it's they're muted in some level our emotions you know and getting in touch with my emotions now is a big piece of what i need to work on and so what are small steps i can take to to get reacquainted with my emotions so you know those are examples if if, Mm -hmm. if okay okay so decide what you want and you don't want. So it sounds like mm-hmm. you could do some journaling. This could be a conversation yep. with friends. You know, it could be a lot of different things. Decide what you like but and what you don't like and start to make some decisions about what's important to you. So really consciously choose those values and then start to say, you know, what do I want? What do I need to, to work towards? Okay, so that's mm-hmm. kind of giving us this framework. I love this because what you're describing, you know, if, what we don't see, we're going to just pass along, right? What we don't, what we don't transform, we transmit, right? Like we, we, we pass that along. And so you're inviting. And so even if dear listener, your motivation is only for my kids, only for my kids, what we don't transform, we transmit, right? So if, if you, if you don't, do the work of starting to maybe heal some old wounds and, and look at some of these things, then you're passing the buck, you could say, right down to the yeah. next generation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a great way to put it. Um, and then, you know, you're on, now you're on your journey, right. And then your mothering can be like, we're growing ourselves up together right now. I, mm. I don't, you know, out of that, and it, that can be part of your vision, right. It's part of my vision that I'm going to, you know, grow myself up with my kids. This is a, as I'm giving my kids things that I never got, I can put myself next to them. So then it isn't so selfless either. You know, Mm. that's another one of those selling points. Like, you know, you don't, 
you can still give your kids stuff. You just have to put yourself in the picture. So when you're providing for them in a way that you weren't provided for, that you put little Hunter, like you know, whatever age, you're really parenting two children right there, little you and, and them. And that's another, you know, uh, framework or, you know, day-to-day visualization we can do that puts us in the picture. And mm. it, that's another really important one. Oh, I love possibility. That. Um, yeah. yeah. Cause it's not either, or it's both, you know, as you develop totally. like skills and habits and heal things and, 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 and grow yourself, you're, you're, you know, you're giving that to your kids too, in, in all those moments. Um, what do you have any, um, uh, advice or suggestions for daily habits and practices and things that can move us towards this growth and awareness? Yeah. I mean, one that I like to give, um, because it's something you can do for yourself, but it's also something you can, you know, invite your kids to do with you, but it's, uh, it's going to support everyone, you know, because we want to keep doing, you know, we want to tell our brain this, I'm not just doing something selfish for myself. And I call it the, we didn't talk about this a lot, but, uh, the feelings game, right. And just how important our emotional, uh, facility and capacity is, And, um, so at some point in your day, play the feelings game. So if it's with your kids or with yourself, what you're basically doing is reviewing your day through, we, we stick to five in our work, fear, hurt, anger, sadness, and joy. All of them have value. I know it sounds like only one's positive, but, um, it's another belief we need to break. But, you know, when we look through that lens, uh, we can see, you know, where did I, where was I afraid today? Where was I hurt? You know, where did I uh, feel some anger? Where was I sad? You know, where did I feel some joy? And one, it's a way more enriching conversation, especially when kids are obviously verbal, you know, and, mm-hmm. and to sh- a lens to share their day, but I get to identify that. And then we're kind of in this, you know, in this game together and they get to know me, I get to know them, but I'm secretly, you know, practicing yeah. for myself, you know, yeah. and, and giving myself that space. Uh, with mm. them. And if, you know, if your kids are really young or you don't have kids or that, like, I mean, my husband and I do it together, you know, or I'll, it'll be a way I'll review my day is to, you know, keep that consciousness around that. I'm a feeling being, you know, we're feeling mechanisms and to honor that part of, of, uh, my day and my journey. Yeah. You're normalizing it, honoring it, making it just part of life. I love that. I, I think that yeah. would be challenging for my introvert husband, but (laughs) you can start. Yeah. You can say like, where did you feel one of these today? And, um, but you know, and, and I will honestly say like through the years, my kids didn't always like lot some, you know, at certain ages, totally fine. And then certain ages it's like, I don't want to do that. And then, but we're all, you know, it was one of those, like everybody now that they're grown is like happy. We did it. (laughs) you know, see the value. They see the value in it now. Okay, good. Yeah. Cause also, yeah, I can imagine that being hard as a a thing to start right now with my 14 year old. (laughs) 14 is like, you know, maybe when you start when you're eight, then at 14, you're cool. Yeah, I know. We started when they were really young. So (laughs) that helps, but you'd be surprised. Sometimes they're, they're, um, more amenable to it than we think. Yeah. And I know there's definitely a, at least like there's, there's some listener out there who's going to take this and run with it and it's going to help grow the, the, the family environment with those kids. I love this. Um, this it's been awesome to talk to you. I love this conversation. 
what what did we leave out? What did we miss that we need oh to share gosh. with the mamas? <laughs> what did we leave out? Um, all right. Well, we've, we've introduced the transformational opportunity. We talked about emotions, really important. Um, I don't think we left out, although I only touched on it, that honestly, I feel like all of this is, is a way for us to, no matter what in our moments in our day that we're working to be present, right? Or it's not easy. It's, it's, it's kind of hard earned um, moments and that, uh, but they're beautiful moments, you know, where you really feel like I'm with who I'm with, I'm with myself, we're with each other. And uh, we're having a really present in the moment uh, interaction with each other. And that's what, you know, it isn't about the, you know, the job or the performance and all that. It's, you know, if we can, if we can work and have those moments, I think it's all worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. That's the gold. That's the, that's the real gold is like when we're not suffering, <laughs> you know, when we're not suffering from our own voice, our own, you know, harsh internal voice, our own, you know, beliefs and all of those things, when, then we can really see someone else clearly. We can, when we see ourselves clearly, we can see someone else clearly and we can really be there. That's yeah. the beauty and that's the power. I'm so glad you wrapped it back up and identifying that. That's so beautiful. So um, you have an amazing podcast uh, and other ways to contact you. Tell tell the listener all the things, all the ways sure. that they can reach out if they're interested in talking to you more. So I, yes, as you mentioned, I have a podcast. Um, it's called, well, it's season two is Mother Her. Um, her is in parentheses because we want to mother ourselves and uh, rewriting the mother code with Dr. Gertrude Lyons. I have an Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons and my website is www.drgertrudelyons.com. So any or all those ways uh, would be wonderful. And we will link all those up, of course, at mindfulmamamentor.com. Thank you so much, Gertrude. This has been oh, fabulous. I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, I well, thank you for doing this work, for using your voice, for sharing this. I think it's so important that we identify the these these things that are that you know that can be holding us back and and constricting us. Like let's let's free the mamas, free the let's mamas free. everywhere. Yeah, you're here. <laughs> well, and I thank you. I feel so grateful to be here and and hugely value all the work you're doing, Hunter. Thanks so much. I love how Dr. Lyons just breaks down these myths of motherhood. Ugh. It's just satisfying to the inner feminist in me. I hope it's satisfying to you, and I hope that you'll be part of this work that Dr. Lyons is doing. Uh, you know, changing these, changing these perceptions, and you can be part of it just by sharing this episode around. Like, share it with a group of friends and see if they, you know, what they think. Are they struggling with some of the same things? So. I would love to know that. And in the meantime, I just want to let you know that, of course, if you announced in the beginning, we're having a workshop on November 18th about being a mindful parenting coach. And I want to let you know that the teacher training program is open for applications. This might be perfect for you if you are a 
Maybe you're a therapist, maybe you're a teacher or like a doula or you're a parenting coach and you want to take the Mindful Parenting course, the eight week Mindful Parenting course with all the resources and materials that we give you to teach it to your community. We give you everything you need so you don't have to like develop it all on your own. It's really all there for you step by step. If you're interested in that, of course, go to Mindful Mama Mentor dot com and there are links there to learn about it under the mindful parenting tab and under the resources tab so i think that's it that's it my friend i hope you're doing well hope you're hanging in there life is crazy uh you know recently we had in my family we've been having some medical scares and issues and challenges and i just feel so grateful that i have some breathing space in my life that I'm able to handle it, even though things were like crazy for a little while and it felt a little crazy. I was grounded by my meditation practice. I was grounded by my self-care practice. I put myself to bed really early on some of those, one of those crazy days. And so I'm hoping that you have that too. You're building in some breathing room in your life. You're building in some practices to steady your heart, your mind, and your nervous system so that you can handle, you know, it's inevitable, all this there's going to be waves in this ocean. There's going to be waves and storms and, you know, we need to be able to ride them, right? And not be subsumed by them. That's some of the work we do in mindful parenting. So anyway, I'm hoping that you have some of that, those practices and some of those, some of that breathing room too. I'm wishing that for you and I'm wishing you a beautiful week. I'm wishing you peace and contentment. And I look forward to connecting with you here again soon. And I thank you so much for listening and being here with me. Take care, my friend. Namaste. I say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better. And just, I'd say communicate better as a person, as a wife, as a spouse. It's been really a positive influence in our lives. So definitely do it. I'd say definitely do it. It's so worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you. No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I have this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting. Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for a community of people who get it? who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. You'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, 
but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the wait list so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. mindfulparentingcourse.com Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.